the uh, truck across Maine this weekend or whatever hellish hiking thing that his wife sent him on. So, so far it's only been a couple of day trips since she retired. So, that's good. Okay. But that's, he's heel towing it? I mean, he's yeah. foot to ground, foot he's to pavement? Foot to, I, he's been doing all sorts of stuff. Get him winger. Go get it. Go get it. Callie Oaks joins us now. He of the bi-weekly Sun Journal column and of the Georgetown News Graphic in Kentucky. Wings tearing it up. I, I can't picture that. That's kind of that's, that's kind of strange. That's good. Good for him. Yeah, he's really yeah. He's all over the place. Every time I turn around, he's somewhere. He's uh, he's somewhere. Then the so take, you, you can't you can't retire. You can't. You, no, it's impossible. No, he's he's just he's out there. He's he's like Benny Hill all over the place. Play the yakety sax. I I feel like there's been multiple times that yakety sax could be. Maybe the Patriots defense or offense the other night would have been an appropriate time for yakety sax. I I have not seen this team. It, does this team look worse now than it did in the Kansas City debacle of 2014? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I, and people, you know, the the company line for everybody is here. Well, they've been two and two before they started. They've had bad Septembers, and I I've said that myself, but. You know, what Sunday night was the kind of game in the past that they've come out and won. That was the we're on to Cincinnati game, not the next one. You know what I mean? It, after the after the performance the week before, you expected them to come out and blow the doors off against Detroit, and it just it, it didn't even come close to happening. So, yeah, there's reason to be concerned. I mean, uh, two, two and two, they recovered and won the Super Bowl, but it's been a long time since one and two. I think probably 2001 when Brady was basically a rookie was the last time they were at that point. So um, it's, it's, it's dire. I mean, the good news is week five, theoretically, you have uh, Gronk, Gordon, and Edelman all in the same offense, and that opens some things up for your, for your guys catching passes out of the backfield as well. And, you know, you got to think the defense will get better with time and, and you know, with a new, new coordinator or whatever his job title is, uh, kind of working in there. It, it was going to be a work in progress anyway. So, you know, and it's and it's not a tremendously tough division, so there's reasons to there's reasons to think they'll they'll bounce back. But yeah, this is this is I think uncharted territory. I think this is a worse. I think that was a worse loss than the Chiefs uh, that night. To be honest with you. Yeah, I I had kind of felt the same way, and and now it, it was it was reaffirmed to me. I don't. <laughs> I just I was like, this is really happening. Like. All they talked about all week is how they were going to have to come out with energy and fight and power, and they came out with no energy, no fight, and no power on prime time in front of God and everybody on a Sunday night. You know, it's but at like, least now, you know, and I know this this hurts you on two fronts. At least now we don't have to worry about people saying, "Well, if they kept Jimmy G and, and he was the quarterback right now, maybe things would be different." You know, at least we don't have to hear that. You do not have to worry about that any longer because now it's you know Jimmy G's fault that he didn't step out of bounds. You, you got know. it. Yeah, I know. He's the twelfth man there. You, you know, don't be a hero, and 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 then to lead with your throwing shoulder after you tear up your knee. So you know, one way or another, he was going to be <laughs> he was going to be in trouble anyway. Yeah, he's going to be that guy. Yeah, I'm afraid so. He doesn't have a great history with injuries. I mean, in week week three on both occasions uh, that he had a chance to chance to show what he had, he got hurt. So. Maybe maybe he can make it to week four next time. Like, if he makes it to week four, is that like a new milestone? Well, you see, usually when you come back for a catastrophic injury, you get suspended the first four games of next year anyway, because, <laughs> you know, whatever you use to get yourself healthy again costs you. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so let's, um, let's talk a little bit about your article. About the okay. about the Red Sox, you know, you so start off with a Joe Garagiola poll, which I thought was nice. Anytime, anytime you can, you can get Joe 
or Vince Scully or, or both out there. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm, I'm you know, approaching the next couple of weeks with caution here. I mean, I, you got a team that's going to win 108, 109, 110 games wherever it's going to land. You know, depending on how many they win this week, uh, but I, I don't feel like there's anything close to a lock that that it's going to you know go go beyond that and be this be this fantastic dream ending. And then you get, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. One, it's a similar situation to last year. We had 300 win teams last year. Uh, at least as of Sunday when I wrote that, there was still an outside shot of that happening this year. Uh, it's, it's more a reflection, I think, of the, the lack of parity in Major League Baseball right now. We're certainly back in a cycle that we were in in the steroid era, where, you know, uh, 20 years ago when you when you saw that gap between the haves and the have-nots. So there's uh, there's other good teams, especially in the American League, uh, to deal with. And, and then, uh, you know, for a team that's got that many wins, there's an awful lot of questions, a ton of questions. You know, how how is... How is Chris Sale going to hold up? You're, going to, you're not going to be able to kick glove him anymore. He's going to have to be the guy you lean on uh, in a short series and, and then beyond that. And especially if that short series is against the Yankees, you don't want David Price out there twice. That's for darn sure. So, uh, which leads us to another question: you know, How is he going to perform? Uh, guy, guy doesn't have a great history in October. So, uh, we, we know pitching wins at this point in the year. We know certainly the Cleveland Indians have pitching. Uh, Certainly, the Houston Astros have pitching. You know how how if the Red Sox uh, get that far to an ALCS, you know how will they hold up against uh, against that? So it's a it's a, it's going to be a tough journey. Uh, you know, historically, if a team won 100, 100 to 708 games, you would think, okay, they're they're the overwhelming favorite, and I think that's certainly not the case. I think this team is is, is just one one of many that uh, that could win in, in what will be an interesting playoffs. I uh, do you think it would be more painful? So okay, so I asked uh, I asked uh, Travis Barrett this last hour, and he he kind of agreed, but I, it was kind of funny when and I thought of it, so I wanted to ask you too. Um, if this team wins 108 games and is is better, it ends up bet with a better record than the 86 Mets and and whatever else right. they do, right? And then they they turn out to lose in the first round, and they lose in the first round to the Yankees, which I think would be. What makes everyone cry, cringe, and put right. tears in? I mean, that's like, the worst case scenario if you're a Red Sox fan. Right? What happens? Because at that point, you're you're not going to try and fire Cora, right? So who does the rage get sent to? Because Craig Kimbrell's probably not going to be back next year. Like, is it Dombrowski? Like, who gets the axe if they fail for this? Well, I, I think it. I think it depends on where the obvious holes are if they lose that series. I mean, is it is it Price? I mean, and, and who who are going to be your takers anyway if it is? Um, is it the fact that Jackie Bradley Jr. is a massive hole in the lineup? You know, just you, you can only you can only lean on someone's defense for so long. I mean, there's there's a there's a million things it could be. Um, there's there's multiple holes in that lineup. That's the other thing for a team that that you know there's no you've got your two MVP type candidate seasons uh, with, with Mookie and JD, but then after that it's a lot of it's a lot of cobbling it together. It's a lot of good, consistent, solid production, but are all those guys going to perform at the same time in October? Because that's what you really need to to win this all. So yeah, I think I think it, it would be a it would be a grave disappointment, and it, will, it certainly won't fall on Cora. But this becomes three years in a row that you won the division and 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 potentially not even gotten to the World Series. And here we are already thinking the worst. I mean, they could go out and 
and shine. But it's interesting you, you mentioned the Mets because that's the team I think about. You know, when you think about that team that has that roughly 667 winning percentage, that year there was, I don't remember much doubt in anyone's mind that they were going to go out there and stomp everybody, and then they really didn't. They struggled in the NLCS to, to deal with Mike Scott and the Astros, and then by all rights, the Sox uh, would have, should have, could have. So, um <laughs> It's a it's a different animal when you get to the postseason, and there's a lot of there's a lot of factors at work. There's a lot of things that play into winning that many regular season games that don't necessarily translate to a, a seven game series, or especially a five game series. Now that we have that back in play, I think that's the scariest thing. I'm I'm glad that if it is a five game series with the Yankees, it's not a five game series with the Astros or, or Indians. I think that would be worse. So I'm glad there's no prohibition against the the wild card winner and the team from their division playing in that first round. Because of the three teams, I'd rather face the Yankees in a short series. Not Oakland, though? How about Oakland? Yeah, o- Oakland, yeah. But I, I'm not even, I don't even think they're going to be. <laughs> I'm convinced that Oakland's going to win the wild okay, card. Okay, another, another example of how winning in the regular season and the playoffs are two totally different animals. The Oakland A's of the last 20 years, basically, are exhibit A for that. Yeah, I mean they they know how to win games in the regular season, but does it translate? Does, does Moneyball translate to the to the postseason? I don't. I don't. I would say history says no. I like that. That's a good. You know, it's it's a really good point too. You know, I I, I think of that, and you know, I, I think Dombrowski is going to get it if they don't win it. I think they're going to be like, oh, we rebuilt the 2013 Tigers. Way to go, Dave. Like, that's yeah. all you're going to hear all, all winter. All winter. And, well, and, and it's interesting because the 2013 Tigers, what was their biggest week? Mm-hmm. Their bullpen was wretched. Yes. I mean, it was awful. Yep. And Fernando uh, Rodney. So, yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 tr- they trotted them all out there. That, yeah. Good old Fernando, and 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 we're in and we're in the day and age where you've got to have one because your starter's not going much beyond the sixth. Yeah, uh, even in the postseason. So, uh, it's Belis Daly from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. So I got to see Central Michigan this weekend. It wasn't. It's not as big as yeah, it looks you, on you, TV. You made it to that game. That was uh, that was not an offensive. Uh, <laughs> Juggernaut performance to remember was it? Was not the safety was inspirational. I'm sure the safety was. I got the coolest. Uh, our social media coordinator actually got the coolest photo of that of the block and accidentally hit slow mo. So you just watched the ball slowly go past the goalpost and out of bounds. Yeah. It was like, wow, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. You know. I'll tell you what though. The, the turf at so Central now Michigan. Go out, now they got to go out and play Yale this week. I mean, yes. if you lose that one, everything you've done to this point, you know, by beating Western Kentucky, <laughs> beating UNH, kind of goes out the window. Because mm. you can't beat Yale, mm. I mean, mm. yeah, and, and they get the whole to, thing off. And they might have to start a redshirt freshman at quarterback. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No problem. Hey, you just got Yale on the road for your first game. See how that goes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. You're 100%. And then they've got, you know, this is a year where, you know, Rhode Island is really good. Old Dominion only has one win, but it just happened to come over Virginia Tech. You know, you got William and Mayor. Like this, I don't even know what the hell to make yeah, of the CAA what, this year. What's the, yeah, exactly. What, what is the bigger event in, in Maine as far as with Maine connections to college football? Is it Bobby Wilder and Brian Scott and Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech, or is it Maine winning at West Virginia? I think I'll, now it's very much up in the air. I'll tell you what. <laughs> 
when Old Dominion and Bobby Wilder won the other day, I saw more coverage in that in the main papers than I did about the main Western Kentucky game. Oh, yeah. That happened three weeks ago. And it it wasn't close. How in the heck, and I say this with with some affection for Virginia Tech because uh, the, the best kid on the high school team that I cover down here is going there next year. How in the heck do you get roped into going on the road to Norfolk to play Old Dominion in their house? When you're a top 25 program, when you when you played in BCS championship games in the past, when you've been a, a consistent program the last 20, 30, 40 years, how do you go to Old Dominion? How does that even happen? I don't know. I don't you deserve to lose. Yeah, I, I, honestly, you're honestly right. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that. And how no do you lose to an Owen three team? There's no other program in, in you know Power Five that would. I mean, seriously, who does no. that? Alabama's no. not going to you know, UAB. <laughs> okay. Nope. It's true. You're 100 percent right. It, can you imagine if they'd went? Uh, I would have loved to see uh, like I'd see I'd like to see Daryl Hackney come back as the quarterback for UAB now and take on Alabama like that would be good. I feel like Daryl Hackney would be like interesting. You know, we were talking about this early in the last segment. We were talking about players that were totally like way before their time. You know, there's you, know, you talk about a guy like we talked about Eric Metcalf. Uh, I always thought Bo Jackson was a little bit before his time, and then you had. Um, yeah, you, know, you get Major Harris or or, uh, or or guys like that. You know what I mean? That guys that just totally never had a future in the league, and and nowadays could be utilized in, in some form or fashion. Michael Bishop. Michael Bishop. <laughs> remember remember yeah. when he was going to take over the Patriots? Ever you know? Yeah. Even though he was like a forty-five percent completion percentage in college, you're like, oh yeah, he's going to be the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas he State. He was actually had Brady on the death chart, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he was. And and I remember the. Was it two thousand? I think it was two thousand. It was the year that Bledsoe got hurt against the Bills at home, and Flutie was starting for the Bills that year. Yeah, it was the coldest I've ever been at a at a pro football game in my life because it was raining and the wind was blowing on us oh. in the in the end zone at the at the stadium. And of course, I was behind the scoreboard with the pole, so that was cool. And um, in in Bledsoe got hurt, and John Freeze played the rest of the game at quarterback. Mm. And all you heard on the post game on the way home was why wasn't Michael Bishop put in at quarterback? Sure, sure. people were pissed that Michael Bishop well, was not put at, at the quarterback. Time, the perception of John Freeze was that he, you know when he was with the Chargers he was like the thirtieth best starter in the league. So I, I think the perception would have been you have nothing to lose by putting Bishop in there because right. it's not like it's Freeze's ceiling was of a certain height and that was it. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it would be like if you had somebody behind Hoyer today who was of that caliber, and why, why aren't you playing him? I think it's the same. <laughs> it's usually how that goes. That's how that goes. Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic in Kentucky. Of course, you can catch him in the Sun Journal. You go to his column every other week in the Sun Journal. Just find that at sunjournal.com. Mr. Oaks, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Rock on, guys. Thanks. Thank you. It's Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic in the Sun Journal. Here on the B-List.